Well, hello. Hi. We're back. We're back. We're back for season two. Where have you been? Oh, uh, uh, where haven't I been? Oh, I've been in Sweden, actually, all summer. So that's why we stopped for season two. Where have you been? Just been around. Just been hanging out. Yeah, just missing podcast life, actually. Lost, lost without the podcast. But now we're back. I'm so excited I've to be back. I've got a purpose again. Uh, me too. Me too. I have missed this podcast. Nah, as have I. Well, I mean, any new listeners out there, we're for what it's worth. Yes, we are. We are your That's climate, good. environment and sustainability podcast. And um, welcome on our journey, I suppose. Our journey of learning and sustainability. Yes. Something along those lines. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Well, there we go. The perfect segue into one of our new, the new changes that are afoot for season yes, two. Yes, how exciting. We, I mean, we live in different cities. Getting together to record the podcast is, is a little bit difficult sometimes. I did have to run for the train this morning. Yep, exactly. Um, so this season, dear listeners, we're going to be bringing you our, you know, very exciting green chats um, every two weeks. So that's a little bit more sustainable for us to be able to to manage. But never fear, in the uh, in the off weeks, as we'll call them, actually, I'm going to call them bonus weeks, not off weeks. There is going to be yes. a sprinkling of exciting things. Yes, we've got a few really exciting interviews lined up and a few little mini episodes and a few Q&As. You know, you know keep your eye I'll out. I'll bring you some climate news every now and again as well. Absolutely. Um, because there's a there, lot, there's of a lot going news. on. There's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, for all new listeners as well. Um the format is every episode we'll talk about a different topic to do with environmental sustainability. And I think quite importantly, we don't pretend to be experts on this topic. No, we are um, not. So we do some research ourselves to try and sort of collate some information for our listeners that might prove useful and try and just help nudge everyone towards more sustainable lifestyles. Yeah, exactly. We do a bit of reading, tell you what we've found, give you a bit of uh, info and background on whatever topic it is we're talking about. And then we try and come up with some solutions, don't we? Some some proactive points that maybe, you know, we could all incorporate into our daily lives. So now's probably actually a good time to revisit our fantastic (gasps) recurring segment. What have you done this week? Or one good thing. I can't remember what we call it now. Pretty much the same. You know, what I guess. What what, one good thing have you done this week? What one good thing have you done this week? So this holds us accountable, doesn't it? This is the part where we we really have to do what we say. Okay, so this ties nicely into this week's theme because this week's theme is how to be uh, or how to travel sustainably or more sustainably. So uh, my one good thing this week is I booked a trip to Paris and I'm going on the Eurostar as opposed to flying. Marginally because it was much less expensive than flying, but also, (laughs) also for the climate. But still... Climate has benefited from your decision. The climate has. The climate has. What about you? Um, again, mine is very, very heavily linked to this uh, this week's episode. Um, I am about to go off on a little holiday jaunt uh, to the States. Um, very that, that nice. sound was Emma putting her coffee mug down. Smashing my coffee mug down. Fueling ourselves. Down. We've got um, some lovely new recording equipment and I'm just throwing coffee around. It's just, we've got we've got so much money from this podcast now. We're just uh, we can replace everything. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going on holiday soon. Um, so one thing um, uh, I'll be doing is paying to offset some emissions, but specifically to plant sloth friendly trees in Costa Rica. Oh, that's uh, because a new my scheme. friend uh, like runs one. a sloth conservation charity out there. Oh, cool! Uh, sloth Conservation Foundation great and you've got they've got an online calculator where you can calculate your miles oh. and yeah specifically ca- uh, plant a tree that for a purpose 
for carbon offsetting and for sloths. So that's like a dual purpose to that one. Exactly. I, I mean, that. we'll be talking about the merits and uh, oh, we're going to dive into of carbon yeah. offset in a little bit. So stay tuned for that. We've got we've got a lot of things to say about carbon offsetting. Oh yes. But um, but yeah, that sounds really cool. And Costa Rica as well as a destination of like really built. Uh, the whole tourism industry on ecotourism as well. So that's they've great got huge swathes of rainforest yeah. that's protected. They've really been active They're super in, green. in protecting biodiversity. Yeah, I'd love to go to Costa Rica. Same. Ah, one day. Go, go check on the states. But you're of those but you're trees. going to America, aren't you? Just to clarify, you're off to the states. Yes, I am. Very yeah. nice. Very, Very nice. Okay, what else have we got to tell you guys before we get started? We have a very exciting giveaway. Yeah. to start the season with folks that's right we're big time now we're we're sort of we're not big time <laughs> but we do have merchandise i mean nothing says big time like sat in a small den of blankets to hey, block out this sound. is my very professional home studio okay yes sorry home studio yeah uh, it may at times resemble a den and it has but... stacked cushions up against the wall hey it's, it's great for the old the old audio the old acoustics it's working anyway before you criticised my <laughs> recording studio. Sorry, that was really other... unnecessary. <laughs> it's fine. I'm very, I'm very at peace with my recording studio. I love it. But one thing I do also love is that I'm wearing one and yours is hanging up. We've got snazzy new t-shirts with our logo on it. That's right. We've moved into sustainable fashion. We have. We're, um, we've partnered with or we're using the brand T-Mill, who are great. Um, people like Rapa Nui, who we've raved about before. Um, and also BBC Earth have used uh, their kind of uh, merchandise, almost their T-shirt creating business. So they're based in the UK. All of their T-shirts are printed on uh, sustainable and organic cotton. And they're always printed uh, with low waste dyes, I think it was. And also they're only printed to order. So they don't have like loads of wasted stock going on. So anyway... Um, just to conclude that slight ramble, we're going to give one of these away for free. Um, you can buy them. Of course you can. Um, we'll be putting a link up to everywhere you'd expect to find one and in the show notes and the episode description. But head over to our social media. Our Facebook is... Oh, this is a test, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's been a while since I did this for what it's Earth podcast. Correct. Our Instagram is... At what Earth pod. That's Twitter. Twitter's What Earth Pod. Yes. But our Instagram is for What is Earth Podcast. It's been a while, chat. Emma tried anyway, to help me out by mouthing them as well. Didn't work, just, did it? It did not work. You probably got some ASMR in the microphone there of me just mouthing things. But um, uh, yeah, anyway, so head over to our social media. Uh, you'll see the competition. You can like and share it. And we will be giving away a free t shirt with our logo on it. How exciting so is that? You could be one of us. us. Yeah. But not sort of, sort of one of us. But. In spirit. Yeah, one of us. Yeah, one of us. One it's, of our it's, all, it's all our family. It's like a, it's like a club. Oh yeah, family's nice. Green family. Oh. Anyway, should we crack on with the episode? Yes, let's. Great. So we are going to be talking about travel. Yes, and if you are going to travel, how to travel sustainably, getting from A to B, and yeah. how to do B properly when you're there. Exactly. Exactly. So the first thing we kind of wanted to preface this with is. We know everyone's very anti-flying and anti-like travel at the moment, and we're not we're not going to come across and, and tell everyone you can't fly, you can't do anything, you can't see the world, you can't experience things, and you know not all of us are able to take three weeks off work to sail somewhere instead of flying. So mm. instead of trying to achieve this, what we think is probably quite unsustainable goal of nobody ever flying, we kind of want to help make that process in general better. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Lloyd, in season one, you were pretty 
pretty big fan of statistics. I do love a good statistic. Um, and? So a good pre pre preface, yeah, preface, a preface. to um, this discussion is that uh, around 64% of Britons would alter their travel plans or base their travel plans around traveling more sustainably. Great. Um, I saw another poll which said around 34% um, don't know how to do that or don't know where to start. So this is what we're here for. We're here to help. Give some tips, give some nudges. We're the place to start. We're the place to start so you can (laughs) spread your eco wings. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. Thank you. That could go on the next t-shirt. That could be a (laughs) t-shirt. Spread your eco wings. Um, Uh, So to to prop up this episode and to give us some structure, we've got three pillars of sustainability, haven't we, that we're going to dive into. Yes, we do. Uh, So we're going to be talking about, uh, as Emma said, three pillars. So... Pillar number one is environmentally friendly actual travel practices. So mm-hmm. how to get from A to B in a more sustainable way. In the best way possible. Or um, to effectively balance out the action of doing so. Mm-hmm. But then we're also going to be talking about um, things that perhaps don't cross people's minds as much when they're talking about sustainable travel. Mm-hmm. So things such as uh, supporting uh, the culture and the natural heritage of the places you're in Mm -hmm. and then also supporting local economies and local communities while you're there different levels of sustainability isn't it i think a lot of people at the moment assume sustainability is just looking after the environment but you've got to look after the people in it as well make sure they're growing it's not just the co2 emissions from your own act of traveling Mm. it's obviously when you're there you're buying things you're interacting with people Mm. um so it's about how to do the whole process how to look at it holistically oh nice thank you well let's start with our first pillar then so getting from a to b some people the most exciting part some people the worst part i quite like traveling i like i, I, I like I being enjoy in, it. in transit it's excitement isn't it yeah of knowing you're gonna end up somewhere cool hopefully yeah unless you're on the way home yeah this is also true but then sometimes it's quite nice to come home it's also about the free meals if you're on a plane where are you getting the fr- well depends how far you go i say say free who you, who you fly with i guess do you like plain food yes really mostly i i that's not more often than not I, I enjoy the food okay i'm gluten-free so i always get my meals first that's my favorite bit about <gasps> that's a it great watching the tip. envy on all my fellow travelers uh, faces i like to tell people i'm gluten-free i mean the meals aren't as good so oh. there is a trade-off but you do get them first. Anyway, we're talking we're, about... We're digressing. Uh, we're talking the, about flying there, aren't we're we? We're talking about flying specifically there, because flying is quite a big polluter. Well, flying is also one of the biggest methods that we, as islanders, that we are, use to get anywhere. Precisely. Basically, we are stuck on this lovely little island. And if we want to go elsewhere, yeah, there are ferry links. And yes, there are some rail links. But predominantly, unless we're going to very nearby Europe, we've got to fly. Yeah, and it's worth saying that... Obviously, there are a lot of communities that do rely on flying. Some, well, there are communities that rely on it a lot more than we in the UK do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like Pacific Island communities, for example. Or if you live in Australia, you kind of need to fly if you want to get anywhere more often than not. So we realise that it's not realistic to stop people from flying all the no. time. No, definitely. We're not We're not saying that you, you can't fly. But 
what we are saying is that if there are other options, you should maybe consider them in your journey of planning your journey. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about taking, uh, you're saying the Eurostar mm -hmm. when you go to France. Yep, it's uh, a bit more faff, but it's better for the planet. Exactly. It, it's part of um, what a lot of people are calling the slow travel trend. I love this. I love this phrase. Yeah. So this is the idea that when you arrive in a destination, you aren't you know, desperately getting ready to jump to the next place. You actually slow down and you enjoy and you maybe visit less places, but you do so with depth. And you, and actually you enjoy the journey the itself culture. as much as, yeah. say, like the city you're in yeah. at the end of it. You're actually enjoying getting there. Mm, definitely. And I think as well, the benefit if we're talking about the Eurostar is if you were, say, to get into Europe, like Europe's rail links are great. Yeah. So once you're in Paris, you can access so much of Europe and so many countries very, very quite quickly they're you know better than our rail links aren't they <laughs> it's not hard though is it <laughs> god they are terrible <laughs> and not nearly as expensive um but that's a that's a side note well on the um great western site which i used to book my train ticket to come see you today, well done um they when you go to check out they've got a little emissions calculator which says oh, hey. you've saved this many tons of co2 by that's not taking nice. a car which i thought was quite nice oh I hadn't spotted that. That's a, that's good. That's at least making people aware of the impact of their journey and their, you know, the fact that they're being positive as well. Yeah, precisely. Which is quite nice. So yeah, we're pro trains in general, um, and and ferries as well are also. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of other problems with um, uh, adding kind of pollutants and noise to the ocean when it comes to travelling on big cruise ships, but uh, ferries are also an option. I mean, not all of us can can sail to New York like um, dear old Greta did. Uh, over this summer um we had time constraints yeah I, I really admire her for doing that though it was it really brought attention to it did that I, particular issue i would have been horribly seasick that would have been yes. a, a miserable month for me yeah that would it's, it's a really small boat wasn't it yeah really i'm also cabin. quite scared of like the deep ocean huh? i don't know if that's i don't know where that fear's come from but not uh, being able to see land thalassophobia is like, it fear of the deep oh i can i can see that it's just you're so small and you're in this amazingly powerful environment, but you're so out of your depth. I just find it quite scary. So genuinely, super well done to her and her team. I, I cannot admire you anymore. That was amazing. Yeah, precisely. Um, there are... I mean, obviously, taking a boat places isn't practical for everyone, but no. you can quite often book it for shorter journeys. You can take the ferry to France, for instance, yeah. is, is another option. Pop yourself down from Plymouth. Yeah, off you go. <laughs> So if you are going to fly, there are other ways as well to think more about how your flying uh, habits can have an impact on the environment and how you can mitigate those. Yes. Um, one thing I found was uh, obviously a problem that blights all of us, flying first class. Oh, yes. All yes, those journeys we take. Really, that, I, that's I struggle with this so much. All the yeah. time. Just never sure what to do, whether that legroom's too much or not. But <laughs> flying first or business class increases the amount of missions per passenger on the flight because you can get fewer people onto the flight because well, obviously you need more leg room what, need well, more leg room you're taking leg room. more leg room yeah so that's why companies like easyjet come out top of sustainable airlines because they pack in more people onto their flights yes which is good in that respect but at the same time what they end up doing is introducing a new generation almost of passengers to uh, get used to flying everywhere mm. for, for really cheap and for so, like, so very regularly through the year yeah. but really what we want to be doing is encouraging people to take one or two trips a year 
Yeah, I think the average Briton takes four holidays a year. Like, Is that right? Including sm- like small mini breaks. I'm not one of the four... average Britons. Yeah, me I'm neither. not taking four holidays a year. <laughs> Gosh, me neither. But, um, unless you count like a weekend away in like a shepherd's hut in Wales. If we count that as a holiday, I probably do get to sound like a nice holiday. Yeah, it's lovely. It's great. A bit more but, sustainable. But that's, anyway, that's what we want: is people taking one, maybe two proper trips a year at yeah. the most, and then any other trips just within country, smaller ones, ones there where they really focus on yeah. keeping it sustainable. Embrace the UK as well, guys. Scotland, Wales, England. We have some absolutely stunning natural landscapes. Absolutely. I mean, if you, visit if you're England. Into your wilderness. Um, visit England. And I think Visit Britain has got tips on how to travel sustainably within different counties um, in the country, which is quite interesting, like how you can find the public transport and Mm. use it most effectively. There is a website called Green Traveller, which is sort of select locations at the moment because I think they go around and do this themselves. They'll, for example, have like Venice or like this place in Wales or this place in Scotland and you click it and then it gives you a list of suggestions for sustainable activities to do while you're there or how oh, to get that's there. that's a good idea. Nice. So planning what you're kind of up to at the time. Yes. Nice. There's also a website, which I think I mentioned uh, in our listener Q&A, called Fly Green or Fly GRN. And I haven't really looked into the legitimacy of some of their calculations, but they do claim to be able to compare different flight routes so that you can find out what fuel mix is on your flight routes and oh, possibly change provider or provider change airline based on whether they're using so like klm i think have a few biofuel flight routes yes as opposed to your natural kind of kerosene and whatever it is that they've put in jet engines that's horribly polluting um so you so you can kind of make some decisions based on that as well but i think the main thing the main solution that people turn to when we're, we're talking about flying is carbon offsetting yes which has grown massively in the last um decade or so mm. uh, everyone's turning to carbon offsetting as you can always argue like a quick fix yeah this is this is the issue with it so so carbon offsetting in the first place is um calculating in some way how much carbon you have personally contributed to by taking that flight and then paying someone or something to do an activity which would then uh, sequester the equivalent amount of carbon so kind of putting you in a balance you're balancing your equation um so yeah, like you said, people are kind of, I think, seeing it as a bit of a like a free pass. It doesn't matter that I've flown because I have offset my carbon. Yeah. That being said, we're still pro-carbon offsetting. Yes, if you're gonna as fly, I said, I am also going to yeah, use a carbon offset. 100%. What's quite nice is that it's you've got different options with mm. a lot of these schemes because the carbon offset credits as an industry is now worth like more than $500 million a year. It's mad, yeah. And there are so many different choices you can make, different groups companies charities that will do these offsets for you Mm. so some of these are schemes like planting trees yes which is the natural kind of very obvious okay i'm i'm planting a tree therefore that tree will sequester carbon Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of a very clear link as to where your carbon balance would be but some of them are supporting other projects which wouldn't necessarily otherwise get funding right so things like like solar farms yes solar Mm. farms i saw wind farms i saw uh sugarcane plantations Mm. some go a bit further outside of necessary carbon storage and into things like supplying water to communities and yeah. wildlife conservation but which is still which is still good causes to support but i would argue causes. that they shouldn't count as carbon it's offsetting. almost defeated the point of why you yeah did it's it like okay i've still place. done something good but i haven't technically addressed my carbon footprint you know but anyway i think the one that i lean towards the most is is probably trees because you can tangibly see it right for me that feels more natural it's, it's the obvious one we think of carbon offset mm. yeah 
But the problem with that is it's not a quick fix, right? So if you are offsetting and you're providing a scheme with the funds in order to plant more trees, those trees won't actually be sequestering enough carbon to make a difference for another 20, 30 years until they're actually big. Yeah. So you're still pummeling loads of, um, loads of carbon into the atmosphere now, now being the time that we need to start taking it out of the atmosphere. Yeah. And the actions that you're taking to remedying that will not be having an impact for quite a long time. So should, which is why the first step should always be to reduce the carbon footprint in the first place. In the first place. place, yeah. But then, as we're saying, there are other schemes where I saw one which is um, you can invest in peat bogs, I think. Oh, I love a good peat bog. Like restoring natural peat bogs, which are very good carbon Huge sinks. Huge carbon sinks. Yeah, they're vital. So it's quite difficult, I suppose, with all those options to choose one. Which works. That works, that mm. you know has been done with due care. Yeah. I found uh, the WWF have a gold standard certification program. You can Uh go on their website, type that in, and they've got different uh, examples of some of the projects you can use. Mm. But then also you can look for, on certain schemes, their accreditation. uh, accreditation Nice. Or... Well recovered. Marks of (laughs) other schemes as well. Uh, It's not necessarily just WWF. So you could always have a look, see how they've been accredited, and then see if that accrediting scheme Mm. um, is trustworthy or not. Great. Okay, well, I found a scheme as well. I didn't find a scheme. I was recommended a scheme. Um, I'll have to see whether they're on the WWF list. But here's one as an example for you guys as to how they actually work. It's called Mossy Earth. um, And they do do the planting tree scheme. And they aim to do it in like areas of land which were degraded or have had like biodiversity loss through things like logging already which um, will come into a later episode that we're going to be talking about watch out for that wilding. one so we're getting right it's into all the connected trees. yeah um but these ones these ones aren't just carbon carbon offsetting um so although you can calculate your emissions from a flight or from a road trip or from your daily life um and commit to those you can also become a member so you support them for like x amount a month um or whatever and they plant trees in your name and then they send you a photograph and a gps like coordinate of your trees and so they plant oh, two cool. trees for you every month. And I just thought as like a general life thing, that's quite a cool idea. That's really nice. Yeah, because then you, you know it's... chugging on in the background. You've got actual coordinates. So you know it's happened and you know it's yeah. in motion. Um, but just uh, a, few, a few kind of disclaimers around talking about offsets. There are uh, a few other problems with the offsetting industry in that calculating emissions is impossible, really. Let's it be really honest. It really varies. I, mean, I saw one article in The Guardian where... Um, they went through different calculators and mm. each one came out with a different Completely amount different. Uh, depending on whether they were calculating like miles travelled or trying to convert that into tanks of fuel yeah. or yeah, or, or what they're including within that whether they're including like I don't know food consumed on the flight and that's the thing there's so much else travel to airports and things yeah and like a lot of flights, for example, if yeah, if you're doing it on time or on miles, they don't actually fly for the rec- the expected amount of time or miles than anticipated because you often have to hover above an airport before you come down to land or if you're going against headwinds and stuff. There's all mm. sorts of different factors. And like you said, they don't take into account things like where the foods come from to get on the plane. Um, but they also only pay attention to carbon as well. So they don't look at any other pollutants that Very are true. coming out of so like nitrous oxides and water vapour. There's a few... Um, possible problems with those getting into the environment as well so yes basically that's just another uh tick in the box of try to fly less but when you do you know we're still pro we're still pro offsetting but just know it's not a it's not a fix all it's not our like savior for yeah. the aviation industry i mean there was talk um when people were pushing for climate emergency to be declared mm-hmm. and still are one of the demands is um or one of the recommendations is you put a flight tax 
mm. are the people who fly the most. I can I, I back this. I completely agree with this. Yeah, there's a quite a small percentage of people mm. make up seventy to eighty percent of flights mm. taken around the world. Yeah, and I reckon it's businesses. I don't think yeah. we should punish the individuals who have saved all year to go on holiday, maybe to show their kids a new part of the world and to be inspired by the world when you've got people who are flying for business who don't care because their company's paying for it and they're taking 8, 10, 12, 20 flights a year without even thinking about it, which is totally unnecessary because we've got such a connected world at the moment. Just have a meeting on Skype, guys. Yeah, I mean, if like you are in a business and you fly a lot, perhaps suggest to uh, people in your company that that's a way mm. of proceeding instead. That's how. That's another way you can make a difference mm. is by changing business practices. Yeah, and like you said, if there was a frequent flyer tax, businesses would have to come down to that model, wouldn't they? They would start prioritising who does and who doesn't doesn't fly and yeah, how precisely. often. Um, so yeah, government put that in. This, this is what's <laughs> quite important: is that we. Uh, it's, it's a theme that comes up quite a lot: is that we can't solely blame the individual mm. consumer. It needs to be. Considering government and industry, for example, Heathrow preferred runway. Oh come on! That's a that's a big debate that I won't you know I won't open that can of worms too much. But um, <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. It can't. That, that there's no way that that can help Britain no. meet its net zero targets. No, that's uh, how is that going to be? How are we supposed to sequester like the amount of um, extra emissions that we're going to put from a third runway by planting trees or restoring peat bogs? Sort of two steps forward, one step oh, back. Quite often, isn't it? I despair. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away from planes specifically. Yeah, we're done with planes now. Um, so I, I was going to say about uh, <laughs> blimps, and, not blimps, uh, airships. Okay. Uh, Curveball. Which is obviously an old, older method of transport. Mm. Um, do they still exist, do they? Yeah, there was a company which was uh, trialling a new one uh, last year. I think they had a crash landing, but then... Oh, great. Since they've sort of fixed some problems. <laughs> and the idea is that that is sustainably powered. Okay. It's obviously using wind a lot more. Um, and it's slower. Aren't they full of hydrogen? No, helium. Uh, Are they helium? Or am I literally thinking of blimps? Same same thing. They are the I'm same thing. About, yeah. Because there's only a finite amount of helium in the world, isn't there? Yes. Uh, I, can't I mean, I have what, done what zero research this. on this. this is... But Well, their argument is that for things like... Uh, transporting goods it's Ooh. still better than yeah stick it on a on a lorry or um a boat for emissions okay and you can still get there fairly quickly great not as quick as if you know you're gonna shove it on a cargo flight but yeah. still okay i like that i like that solution. So those are other of course because we're only talking shorter about flights around countries that could be yeah one to watch out for because we've only spoken about consumer travel we haven't even thought oh, about yeah, that's a whole like, other... flights from businesses and stuff but that's a very good we'll put a pin in that one We'll, yes. we'll fix the business industry and transport Put a industry pin in the airship, day. that's a good idea. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, um, on to pillar two then. Pillar two of the the tripod. <laughs> our, our sustainability tripod. <laughs> Sustainable travel tripod. The wheels of our tricycle go that's round and round. Right oh, there we go. What a sustainable tripod. If you've got any ideas for t-shirts, by the way, please send them in. Well, God, we're so excited to have t-shirts these days. I just want like thousands of different sustainability related designs. I'm going to live in them. All I'm going to wear from now on is different types of our t-shirts. Maybe a slogan could be like, be seen to go green. Oh, like B as in like bumblebees <gasps> to call back to a That's previous episode. That's even better. Episode. Yeah, let's pretend I meant to do that. <laughs> um, anyway, we're completely digressing. Back back to travel. 
And P- Pillar two, 2 was? Pillar 2 um, of travelling sustainably mm-hmm. is once you're at your destination, to which you travel sustainably. Of course. Of course. Is uh, protection of local culture, heritage, wildlife. Mm. And the environment when you're there. Be a good visitor. Be a good visitor. So one important thing is uh, things that we've been encouraging encouraging you to do all of last season. So uh, don't litter, recycle when you can, bring reusable bottles. Bring reusable bottles. And actually on this, I found an app called, let me just consult my notes. Uh, Refill my bottle, it's called, I think. Oh, is that? It's called Refill My Bottle. So presumably that's going to be finding places to refill your bottle. Oh, their marketing team has nailed that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did download it and have a look at it. And there's not a great deal of them um, actually been logged at the moment. But the great part is if you as a user find a new place where you can uh, refill your bottle, you can take a picture and upload it so that people from now on can use it. So it's all relying on like user-generated data, which is great. So. Um, we might be in the early days of this one, but it could turn into like a really valuable resource. There was quite a lot in um, in Asia from what I had a look at. So, oh, very good. There yeah. we go. So, water and also, water why not take um, reusable carrier bags with you? So, like tote bags and mm. the mesh bags we've been talking about before. Oh, we've so got tote you... bags as well in our. Uh, did I tell we've you? Got... <laughs> I didn't tell you, did I? <laughs> We've got tote bags for sale, <laughs> everyone. Just drop that in. You can buy a, for what it's a tote bag to make your shopping super sustainable. <laughs> I did not plan that. I didn't plan or mean to drop that in. I'm really sorry. Now I sound like it. Did you know we also do a carbon offset scheme? <laughs> <laughs> We've really grown over the summer. Anyway, yep. Shop sustainably. So going back to uh, like protecting the culture and the heritage... Um, I would say like maybe pick your destination carefully as well. Um, everyone goes to Angkor Wat or Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. Those places get incredibly crowded. The trails get incredibly worn down. Yep. Go somewhere else. Go to go to other archaeological or fascinating, amazing sites. They're never as good as they you think they're going to be when you turn up. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, I mean, I've been to Angkor Wat. I've done that one. That was amazing. Same, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You have. I think we went in the same year, didn't we? But um, absolutely amazing. But also, hundreds of tourists People and there's rubbish everywhere. and stuff. Oh yeah. And it's not quite the same magical experience that you see on Instagram. So yeah. I say go somewhere else. Do a bit more digging. Get on TripAdvisor. Find somewhere a bit smaller, a bit more local, where you're not kind of churning into this giant tourism machine. And you know what? You can actually find. Um, with a little bit of digging, um, even on places like uh, Booking.com and Hostel World, you can sometimes find specifically eco-friendly lodges or yes. places to stay that maybe make more of an effort. Definitely, definitely pick your accommodation really carefully. So the Rainforest Alliance and the Global Sustainable Tourism Council are two things that you can look out for. Like their accreditation of a, an, an accommodation means that a third party has verified that they're like good for the environment and they're, they're trying really hard to be sustainable and often they're owned by locals as well mm. i would say don't go abroad and stay in your marriott's or your big international chain <laughs> like i can afford to stay in a marriott <laughs> i can't believe that was the first one that came out of my mind um but yeah stay somewhere where your money is staying local which brings us quite nicely onto pillar three. Oh gosh yes i've gone jump, jumped right ahead um because pillar three is um how to benefit the local communities mm. which you're visiting so uh, one example i saw um was for example if you go to mexico and you decide i really want to buy a sombrero of course you could go to a touristy shop and buy the one that's been imported from china mm-hmm. 
Or you can go around the corner to, well, I say around the corner, I don't know. Or you could try and find out a, a local artisan who makes it authentically. From um, local ingredients, yeah. From ingredients. from locally sourced uh, materials. Product materials. <laughs> yeah, and often <laughs> or, or they're ingredients if they're a baker. Yeah, if it, maybe if they're food or something. It's a brero shaped cake. Lovely. Yep, sign me up for one of those. Um, but yeah, often sometimes they're slightly more expensive, but I, I would argue that it's worth it. Yeah, because don't forget that sometimes if certain things you buy, if they've been manufactured abroad, mm. they've got air miles attached to them yeah. also. Sometimes people are quite tempted to, um, in certain parts of the world, bring things with them to then give out to local communities, mm. which can be quite detrimental without them realising. Yeah. Uh, but you found a good solution, I suppose, yeah. to that for people who would like to do yeah. things like that. So there is, there is a scheme, it's called Pack for Purpose. Um, and basically you select the destination that you're going to um, on their website and they tell you what the communities that are actually there genuinely need. So whether they actually are looking for school supplies um, and then you can pack those in your suitcase and bring those with you when you arrive and you can drop them off at, at like a point where Pack for Purpose have assigned you to go and, and actually feed into these um, accredited schemes that are you know, providing education or, or something as opposed to you know, hearing, oh, I'll bring sweets for the kids in Thailand because they like British sweets. Like, yeah, I'm sure they do, but possibly for their future, a better thing would be to support a scheme that's helping their education rather than possibly giving them diabetes. Precisely. And I suppose <laughs> another DIY solution is to um, resolve to donate to a local charity yourself. Yeah. So, so search one out that maybe means something to you, perhaps. Do good. Do you can good. vote with your money. That's my favourite new phrase. Oh, I like that. You can vote with your money and you can make an impact by choosing how you spend. Go forth and be green, dear listeners. That was something I think Wherever we shouted you in one of our earliest episodes in season one that's really stuck with me. Well, that's um, I think that's probably enough from us in our adult den recording studio. It's a lovely den. It's a... I've put a plant in it and everything. Yeah, it's like a temple of peace. Oh, that's much better. Peace and sustainability. The temple of peace and sustainability. Well, we hope we've um, not bombarded you with facts as such, but instead pointed you in the right direction, giving you maybe some thought about how to approach your next holiday. Yeah, Or definitely. whether that's the way you travel or what you do when you get there. Mm. But we understand there's probably loads of things we've missed as well. Absolutely. So... If you've got any more tips for us, please, please, please do let us know. We'd love to know because we're still intending to do the odd travel here and there. Yeah, precisely. Whether that's the way you travelled, um, schemes you took part in, maybe some travel stories, uh, just just whatever it is, please let us know. Yeah, get get in touch. We've missed you guys over the summer. Yeah, we have. We need some letters. How can they? How can they get boxes. in touch with us then? They can. Not not through letters yet, but digital email letters. us. Yes, yep. the old uh, digital letter, the old as emails. they call it. Um, com. perfect they can get in contact with us via facebook for what it's earth podcast thank you you're much better you at can this find us instagram as well is also for what it's earth podcast beautiful and then twitter at what earth pod amazing is, is that everything uh we're now actually also on youtube but we don't really that's not really a contacty space that's more of just another platform oh to, yeah uh, we're hoping to, to share move into that space keep an eye on a few videos so that you can What's subscribe the name of that to our channel? YouTube channel for What It's Earth podcast. Oh, there we go. Very easy. On brand. Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's about it from us then. All right. Don't forget our t-shirt giveaway. Oh God, how could I have forgotten? 
very, very important. Head over to each and every of the social media that we just mentioned. And find out how you can get hold of one of the fashion world's hottest items. Yeah, the sustainable fashion world's hottest items. Sustainable fashion world's most sustainable item. Something along those lines. Yes. We'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. And try that again for me. Sound test. This is Lloyd talking about nature and sustainability. So, that's the intro. I was like, why do I know that? That's the intro music. I haven't had to listen to it for so long.